I'm just basically a child that wants to play with paintbrushes and shit in the in the back of the art class. But I'm also an adult that wants to buy a house. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to play with the fucking watercolors and finger paints. But I also want to buy a house. All the stuff that happens in between, I just wish somebody else would fucking do. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to t-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest, the one, the only Wax, um, he has had an amazing career thus far. Literally, I was looking through all the things that you've done and I was mesmerized. I mean, you had a band um, called McGregor. You've got singles. You've got YouTube videos. You've you signed to Def Jam and you're, you're kind of flag star, the kind of the, the YouTube video that has done the best and obviously the song that also has uh, more than 30 million streams on Spotify is Rosanna. Um, and it is such a funny music video. Like when I was watching it, I was generally laughing. And so such a good thing to, to check out. I highly recommend. And you've also done epic rap battles of history, which I was a fan of as a kid. And then only in researching, I was like, oh my God, he's part of that as well. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. You've, you've kind of accomplished a lot of things that most artists would only dream of accomplishing. Man, that's funny. Um, like you have to hear somebody else say say something like that to think that it's true because you kind of for you know you just live in the moment of the of like the time you're in and you feel like it's not enough or you feel like what what i'm more on like what's next you know you know what i mean i'm usually thinking what am i doing now what can i do today what what's next um i appreciate that was a really nice um introduction i gotta correct you though i'm not the one and only wax there's way too many uh other waxes out there there's like a punk rock band there's a k-pop group there's like a south african folk singer there's another metal band there's so many people named wax like if i would have uh if i would have chosen a name in the more modern time period i mean modern being the last fucking 20 years <laughs> uh i would have i would have chosen one that was more search engine optimized well, you're the only wax on my show, and therefore you're the one and only wax because the one hey, <laughs> you will always be the original wax because it doesn't matter who comes next, even if they come on the show, you'll always be the original. So, so, so are you gonna are you gonna enforce are you gonna enforce a no other wax rule? Are we, do we have that in in pinky swear? Uh well, if you guarantee to come on, if I ne- ever need wax to come on, then then we can enforce a wax rule. Um, obviously. You know, the others might have to change their name to come on the show. So, okay. so in my world, one and only. Because to be honest, you're the only wax that I actually listen to. So, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, sometimes you forget about stuff you've done. I forgot. Yeah, that I did a few episodes of Epic Rap Battles, and um, it was really fun. Those guys who run Epic Rap Battles are really, really cool people. Shout out to Epic Lloyd and Nice Peter. Yeah, uh, I was like. 
No shit. Because, like, I was obsessed with those as a kid. Like, I would just literally go through all of them. And I've definitely watched your one, your Freddy Krueger uh, and Wolverine one before. But it obviously just never clicked for me. And then now, like, doing the research, I was like, it was it was kind of mind-blowing in a way that, like, something that as a kid and, and as a teenager I was really into now came back and I can be like, I'm speaking to one of the people who gave me so much joy back in the day. So it was kind of like a weird kind of childhood moment that, that hit me when I saw that video again. Yeah. One of those moments. I, you ever seen the movie Ratatouille? Yeah. Yeah. I love I that just, movie. I just watched it for the first time the other day. And it's like when Anton Ego eats the Ratatouille and it takes him back to his childhood. I, I, I almost cried the other day when I watched that movie at that part, say what you will about me. Well, I actually think Disney movies do something that make it very easy to cry. Like there is something about the way they do, like the the instrumentation, the story, like they just know how to pull at the heartstrings. Like I found myself there as well and it's not even that uncommon in Disney movies. And I'm like, what's happening to me as a grown man? Like, like, you know, when you grow up, you think you're not supposed to cry and then these movies are like, they just bring it out. The truth is the opposite happens. You get the older you get and the more, you know, uh, the more likely you are to cry at a movie, the more likely you are uh, when you see just like the love of a mother and a daughter or something like that. The more likely you are actually to get choked up because you see the beauty of it all a little bit more than, than you did, especially when you were like teenager, early 20s kind of thing. You know, once you become an adult, it actually is. Also with the, with Ratatouille, it's interesting what you said about Disney. I have a friend that worked on a movie a couple of years ago, and it was the first time I had an opportunity to kind of see inside making an actual high budget Hollywood movie. And they'll do these test screenings and like show it in a theater to a bunch of random people. And then everybody gives notes and blah, blah, blah. Then they re-edit the movie, show it again, re-edit the movie, show it again. So they actually utilize all these notes. So I'm guessing that in the case of Ratatouille, they were like, did this make you cry? No, do some shit. Did this make you cry? No, not yet. And then they worked it in until somebody like me or somebody like you, they pulled a little harder, the, the hard strings, harder tug, harder tug, tug in until you, until somebody in the theater at least got a little misty eyed. And uh, that's what, it probably wasn't just a, you know, they, they engineer that shit, you know? Isn't it crazy that, that, that they even can? Like that they even can get to a point where they can, but it feels like an art for them these days. They know exactly what kind of combination, what type of storytelling sure. that they can use. Sure. They know exactly like, even like the score is so important. Like, you know, I think it's especially it's everything. It's, it's everything. everything. Like yeah. scary movies. It's all about the score. Um, You just turn down the volume and you feel better because the music makes it feel bad. Um, like it just makes you feel this certain way. So, um, they have yeah. like, if you were, if you were standing there right now, if you were just sitting there, just as you are, just as you are right now, literally, and there was a scary thing, it would make you seem evil. If there was a scary score behind you, but if there was a happy thing, all of a sudden it'd be like the, the you asked me a question, was he smiling when you saw him? I'd be like, yeah, he was, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's very important. Well, I think there's a YouTube video or like, uh, a short reel or, or um, TikTok video of like how music changes everything. 
and there's it's Eminem doing like his rap battle in Eight Mile, but the song is completely different. It's like upbeat and it's like really bouncy and boppy, and it does give you a completely different vibe. It's just like it is crazy. I've thought about this the the effect that music has on us as humans is absolutely unbelievable. Like it genuinely changes our mood and changes our feeling all through like the combination of some chords. And I really don't understand how it works the way it works, but it's kind of magical in that sense. I mean, I do it, I do it for a living and I don't quite understand it. It's, it's really like, it's just like when you make a song, it's just like three minutes of sound. And people people will email you and be like, I was going to kill myself. But that three minutes of they won't word it like this, but that three minutes of sound that you created made me change my mind, you know, and it truly it truly is medicinal. I don't really know how to explain it completely either. And I also think it's interesting that it's only recently that we even had the ability to record it. You know, that was in like like 1900 ish, something like that, that people, it was common to have recorded music. But before that, all the billions of people who lived before that, you know, they just, somebody wanted to play. If you wanted to hear music, somebody had to fucking play it for you. Somebody had to beat on a drum or play a banjo or whatever instrument they happened to have at the time period you were born in. Like we're, we live in a crazy time period for that. Well, I mean, look at where we are right now. We're recording a world away, literally, and the the sound is crisp. It's clean. Like we, my we man, get each straight, other. straight up, straight up. If you watch Star Trek back in the day, we're doing it right now. Like you know, that's what that's what you would you would look like. You were coming from the other other ship, and you were talking to me, and that was some shit that they never heard of. They did the same thing with their little receipt. There's little walkie talkies they had. It was like a flip phone, and you see the face <laughs> on it. Like we have that now. A half the shit from Star Trek we have now. I mean, the original Star Trek, to them, it was even amazing that you could stand in front of a door and go, scope, 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 and cl- open and close. And we had we had that at every grocery store in America by like 1986 or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Well, do you think that like sci-fi kind of informs the new tech? Like, do you think that movies yes. and kind of it, it inspires people to be like, hey, it would be cool if we had that. Let's go make it. Well, you're familiar with Space Force, right? Yeah, that that's what Donald Trump made like another, you know, in, the, in America, we have like the army, the Navy, the Coast Guard and the Marines. Those are the four branches of the military. And he made a fifth one called Space Force. And even like the name and the, the emblem, they, there was like a logo that looked like Star Trek. You know, what's funny about that, too, is that in Star Trek, they have all this shit, all this technology that we have now. But on Star Trek, what one of the futurist the futuristic ideas that they were trying to portray in the initial Star Trek, like there's a Russian guy, a black lady, an Asian guy, and like this racial harmony. That's the thing we don't have. You know what I'm saying? The thing we don't have is like the actual ideal that people get along with each other. You know, we have all the technology, but not the racial harmony. I think it's because we're still very complicated, unfortunately, as humans. Mm-hmm. We love we love better stuff. Every human is like, give me better in whatever version that looks like. But like, we're still extremely complicated and unfortunately harbor natural biases. Like, it's weird because like your natural tendency is to stick with your own group. Like, right. e- even if you see like at high school, it's like just the people tend to gravitate to people who are like them. Not even 
necessarily by looks, but like by interests. Like if you like sure. the same shit as I do, I'm naturally going to gravitate towards you. And, and so that's like this weird kind of human survival mode that we're in, that we're trying to kind of be like, Hey, it's okay. We're in like modern society. It's okay. If we like mix, it's probably better if we mix and like actually learn each other's cultures and, and be accepting of one another. But I think you're right. There's still a long way to go. There's a long way to go. And first of all, we, we don't really know what's best for ourselves. We think we know what's best and what, what's best we often think is the most convenient, but sometimes what's the most convenient is actually the thing that's going to make us depressed, lonely, and sad, you know? And also another thing that I think that there's no getting away from is no matter, and it goes with what you're saying about sticking with your own kind on accident or whatever is like, no matter what throughout history, the one thing that all human societies have in common is fucking war and violence. Like we're natural, we're naturally, I don't think I I think I don't think I'm as much like this as some people that I've met or that I know or that run the world. But we're naturally prone to violence and to, I guess, offense. You know what I mean? Like we say we always call the military defense, but it's we're prone towards offense. You know what I'm saying? People are just, you know, they're 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 sticking with other people because they're scared of all the other people. And rightfully so, because every throughout time, everybody wants to fucking kill everybody and in those disney movies you referred to bring it back full circle even in disney movies the hero is always some level of fucking violence he's a warrior you know it's no matter what any movie pretty much with uh that's an action movie or drama movie the hero has some level of violence you know what i mean yeah or capability of violence capability of violence yeah he's a peacekeeper but he'll fuck you up if needed yeah I, I find it interesting because, like, you know, war is – and I think you're right that sometimes we look through history and we're like, now nah, it was way better back in the day. It's like, no, it was way worse back in the day. Yeah. Like, like, I think now, obviously, through technology, war has changed significantly in the sense of, like, it is less about man-to-man troops of, like, actual direct combat because, like, the technology is actually too scary in the sense mm-hmm. that the US and Russia could never actually go to war against each other because it's like mutually assured destruction. That is the end of that scenario. Obviously, we have like Ukraine and stuff, but it's just completely different. And and you're right, like every protagonist has some side of like dominance or like I will beat you at this versus it's always like me versus someone else or a challenge to overcome or like there's something about that like you know, need to prove yourself that is Mm -hmm. inbuilt in every story that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's for, um, the people that have the most of that are the people that tend to want to be in positions of power, you know, the dude next to me is playing music. (laughs) Well, I can't hear it. So you can't hear uh, it. Okay, cool. No, I can't hear it. It's all good. I actually wanted to ask you because you touched on something um, about messages of artists of, of sorry of fans saying uh, that you know your music has literally saved their life. Is that a common thing, or or does it like does it surprise you that you know something that you probably never think about in the sense of like oh I'm saving someone's life today? Like, does it surprise you that your creativity and and what you put out there has such an impact on people? Yeah, I think it uh, surprises. I, I I don't know if it surprises the right word, but but um, 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It, it's interesting, like what you said earlier, like that you were a fan of epic rap battles when those guys make that stuff. They know all they see is a number of people who watch it. They don't want you to get to experience like each individual who listens or watches that thing and what effect it has on them, you know? And um, yeah, it's it's crazy how many times and I'm I'm not saying this to to be arrogant or something like it just it's true just how many times somebody's said that to me that the one of my lyrics or one of the songs has like they were down in the dumps and thinking suicidally and and the the music's just been medicinal for them in a way that it brought them up or or even 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 in a lighter way than that it doesn't have to be all the way to suicide you know but it it happens all the time to the point where sometimes um you have to make you have to really force yourself like, yo, take take this, take this direct this direct message you're getting right now. Take this in. Understand that that's a human being on the other end of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like like that's if you have to don't don't get used to that. You know what I'm saying? Take that in and understand that this is meaningful, you know. So how do you take that in? The same way that Ratatouille, uh, Anton Ego took in the Ratatouille. You know, you have to block out all other things, take a deep breath and just be in the moment of right now. Do a quick mini meditation and just take it in and take time to reply and uh, try to try to just understand that the, the next minute or two of your time or whatever is is something where you should just just be on be on that, you know. Does it inspire you to continue to make music? Like, does it actually go, hey, there's, I have more of a purpose? Like, it genuinely, it is more than just, like, creating music. It's, like, actually representing something in people's lives. I think so. I think so. I, I mean, I would, I would make music if nobody listened. But I think that if, um, I think that if, if you, you, if you feel that people are listening, and people that are appreciating it, it definitely gets gets you into the studio the next day. I think better than if nobody was listening. I think I think it's definitely it's definitely helpful in terms of motivating yourself to to make more stuff. Now now I I think you have to be careful and not just like make what you think people want to hear. You know what I mean? Because that's a trap that we can all fall into really easily. Is like just make and i think that it's even it's very very easy to fall into that trap now with the way that the internet works like i mean people literally go go like they're like hmm, what should i make today and they go to the trending thing and they make whatever is hot right now you know what i'm saying and um and you know and we're people are rewarded for that now they're rewarded for just doing what is popular you know what i mean there's there's always been a level of that but i think you have to be wary of like you know, create more for yourself than for the purpose of, you know, popularity or whatever. Well, I find algorithms in general really weird. Like they push a certain thing and it's like, this is really anti-creativity in a way. Like I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm about to like, I know that I have to do content, you know what I'm saying? So like there's a couple different things that people do in in music where like say for example uh if you make rap songs you have a video of you rapping the song with the subtitles on the thing. And like I've made some of those recently and I know that the reason I'm making them is because 
everybody's making them and you're supposed to bake them. So for me, I naturally like have like a, like a, a fight with myself. Like, Oh, what are you, what are you just doing it? What? Cause everybody else does it. Just do what everybody else does. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the voice that I hear myself saying to myself, you know, but it's like, that's the battle. The battle is like, you know, I want to, I I'm just basically a child that wants to play with paintbrushes and shit in the, in the back of the art class. But I'm also an adult that wants to buy a house. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to play with the fucking watercolors and finger paints, but I also want to buy a house. All the stuff that happens in between, I just wish somebody else would fucking do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you got to do it. You got to do that stuff if you want to buy the house. So I'm in a constant, like, I'm in a constant struggle between like wax the child and wax the adult, basically. Well, I think that's a good thing. I think if you're too too much adult, it's a problem because it like stifles your creativity. And if you're too much of a child, well, then you can't live your life because, well, you know, children have a hard time in in mm-hmm. the real world. But I think like you know the the weird thing is, and and I was listening to a podcast about Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the the TV show, and obviously sure. did did so well. But they were like, you know, when we did our show, there was nothing like our show. It was, we just took a risk. We went for it. Some risks pay off, some don't, but we went for it. And it, there was nothing like that. And now with the algorithmic method that content seems to be created with, it would stifle a show like that because people are not as willing to take risks and people are not as willing to put their eggs in a in a really weird concept. So that's kind of like the catch-22 because ultimately what makes you... Uh, a special artist and a, and creative is that you have your own natural voice and that if you get stuck on following trends all the time obviously some you need to follow but like if you're always following the trends then you naturally stifle your own creativity and you'll naturally stop being able to be like hey what do I want to do and how do I want to express myself as opposed to hey, how does everybody express myself? And then I'm just a number of thousands of people who do exactly the same thing. And then you don't stand out. And that's ultimately what I see. I have literally my feed is filled at the moment on TikTok with people doing the like, you know, gender change or like hair change. And like, this is me with long hair. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if 100,000 people have seen this. No one cares because (laughs) everyone's doing it. Like genuinely, like, you could be, you're one of millions who are doing the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's something to like, um, doing the thing that everybody's doing. Like that example you just gave about the hair change thing. It's kind of an easy thing to do. It reminds me of like, do you remember, are you old enough to remember the, the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. I did the ice bucket challenge. You did for real? (laughs) No shit. Well, they like something like that. And that one was for a good cause. So it's a little different, but uh, there's certain things, there's certain things that it's kind of like, it's cool that everybody's doing it in a weird way. Like think, some, sometimes it's like, it's cool that everybody's doing it. But if it's like, if it staples, staples your creativity, that's the tough thing. I mean, you know, you could argue that where's the line? I mean, we're all like, like a lot of people rap, 
that's a form of expression. A lot of people sing, that's a form of expression. A lot of people put videos on YouTube, that's a form of expression. It's like, where is the line between, oh, that's just what everybody does. And you know what I'm saying? So I think the, the, the thing, the thing, the way to do it correctly is to put your own voice into whatever it is. Even if it's something that, I mean, th think about it this way, making a song, making an album. Like we don't think of making, oh, every, what are you making an album? Everybody makes albums. You know, we don't really think about that the same way we think about the hair challenge, you know? So well, I think it's because no matter what, make, even making if you, an like, album is so purposeful. Like you can't just make an album. Making an album takes so much time and so much effort and you, okay, you can make a shitty album. You can do that quickly, but like I can do that trend in 30 seconds versus right. me making an album. You have to have lyrics. You have to have music. You have to have the distribution. You have to have it all organized. And so like, it, I don't think it is the same. The, the vehicle of expression might be the same in the sense of it's a song or it's music, but your natural creativity is obviously different from others. Like if you compare your song to pick anyone else, there is a clear difference between you and them versus jumping on a trend, which is like there is no difference between you and right. anybody else who's doing. You'd the have, trend. You're right. You'd have to really, you'd have to really be creative to make that hair thing your own. You know what I'm saying? It could be done. It could be done if you had a really creative way of doing it. And then you, and then in that way, you'd probably stand out above above the millions. Well, then know? it is creative. And then you do stand yeah. out and then all of a sudden, yeah, you make it your own. So now all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're on the cover of hair weekly, you know, <laughs> but you know what they say, hair today, gone tomorrow, you know? <laughs> oh, of course there's a, a pun that came in. Uh, that's <laughs> always a good sign. We're talking about being growing older. I think puns are a vehicle of older people. It's true, man. It's true. That's why they're they're called dad jokes. I'm not even a dad, but I'm a I'm a I'm dad age. You know what I'm saying? So I just I'm always on the pun shit. Big pun. <laughs> Love big pun. Yeah, me too. Honestly, like one of I think my favorite rapper of all time, and I talk about him a lot on this show. I haven't talked about him in a while, but like you open the door for big pun discussion, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm walking through that door. It's a big <laughs> door, but I'm walking through it. Right, right. Yeah, Big Pun's great, man. Big Pun's great. He uh he was really big too. Like if you see pictures of him at his biggest, like he's like two biggies, you know? Yeah, he was six hundred and ninety-eight pounds when he passed. God away. damn. Yeah, he that was he was enormous. Like there's a doco um on Big Pun. I think it's like forty five minutes on YouTube. It's really grainy and shit, but like they go through it and I spoke to Cuban Link um as well, but no, he was so big like 698 pounds is ridiculous about how fat he got like there was a point where he couldn't stand to do shows he had to sit that's like, really sad man yeah, that's like really that's sad. that's a that's a uh an addiction problem you know yeah yeah it, it's sad when you're when rappers pass before their time like i think it's so common unfortunately in in this genre of music that artists just seem to for whatever reason sometimes it's not even through any fault of their own it's just bad time bad place but yeah it's i mean artists 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 seem to die first of all we all die 
You know what I'm saying? Everybody dies. So it's like, people are always like, damn, that blah, 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 blah died. I'm like, we all die. You know what I'm saying? Some people die earlier than others, but they, in all genres of music, um, you know, the 27 club with Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and there's Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. Like musicians are more prone to more likely to do drugs. Uh, a lot of musicians die in helicopter accidents, plane accidents, tour bus crashes, because they travel more often. You know what I'm saying? They're constantly on the road. So they die on the road. You kind of die where you live. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. And then in hip hop music, it tends to be a lot of violence. You know what I mean? So that's another aspect of it. And um, yeah, I can't think of an equivalent for like country music, how country musicians would die. Uh, like if there were, if there were tractor accidents or something, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, they have less, uh, maybe more, but I think country musicians like age doesn't really play a factor in the sense of like, you can be an old country singer, whereas like being an older rapper, this is like the first generation we've ever had that in the sense of like, it's, it's harder. It's harder. Cause hip hop is like a young person's game. That's what it's always been known as. It's always been a young person's game, cutting edge and quote unquote cool. Whereas country like eat, like, you know, I, I I like a lot of country music, but some of the stuff that you hear, it's it's like they love corny and they love they love like to be a little hokey and old people can be hokey. Young people can be hokey that. And uh, yeah, you know, you can still do country music in in an old in an old style and people will accept it now. Like, you know, I still think. Big Daddy Kane is the shit, but if like Big Daddy, but Big Daddy Kane still kind of raps sort of like Big Daddy Kane of the nineties. You know what I mean? So, so 18 year old that listens to whatever, to Ice Spice or whatever, they're, they're going to think he sounds old or lame or whatever. But I think, I think, I think it's changing now. I think we're to the point where like, you know, I think the, the most obvious and best example of like, and granted they're older, so it doesn't really count but they're like griselda they're they're a little they're probably my age or something they're in like their 30s maybe 40s but they're they're like considered cool now but what it really is is they're for people that are like a little older to listen to you know what i'm saying so yeah i think i think think that and i think that there's adult contemporary hip-hop now which is kind of the genre i'm moving into (laughs) well i also think like your fans have aged with you in that sense of like you know, hip hop fans for the first time have gone through generational hip hop in the sense of like, you've got fans who were young in their early twenties, even teenagers in the nineties. And then now in 2020, they're in their forties and fifties. And so they're still fans of hip hop and they're consuming hip hop, but they might not necessarily be on the wave of the new come up They're They're still feeling they still want that griminess. They still want the thing that represents the old school era, but just with new music. And I think Griselda has done that really well. I mean, they I think they just toured with uh, J. Cole. So right. I think, I mean, they're just continuing to do a fantastic thing. But Nas dropped another album um, and he's in his, I think, 50s now. Um, mm. And you're seeing these artists from the 90s continue to create great music. Pusha T keeps making music, you know, Kanye, Jay-Z, all those those artists continue to to yeah. rise. Well, those are kind of like that still you kind of name like all of them. You like 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 I feel like Nas, Jay-Z, Kanye, 
Pusha T is a great example and a couple more, but, th- but there's definitely still some, and I don't want to name too many names because I feel like I'm hating or whatever, because there's some people that kind of are, they, they, some people evolve at least a little bit and some people kind of stay where they're at. And some people even stay where they're at and hate on the new shit. And it'd be kind of like the old mad kind of rappers, you know, it's like that in any genre of music, you know, like, like ACDC always is going to sound like ACDC. They're not going to like all of a sudden, like Kanye, what I love about Kanye is every album he makes has a whole new thing for it. It's a whole new art, you know what I mean? Which I super respect. But at the same time, you know, I can't think of a good example of a rapper who's like kind of this, kind of the same and always makes a similar album that you still love the way it's like an ACDC album. But if, but I think Tech Nine is like that. Maybe Tech Nine, maybe Red Man, you know, maybe Red Man. But Red Man kind of has like a little little pieces of, of adaptation of the the modern sound. But he's always kind of in the 90s, you know. And I love Red Man and I love ACDC. You know, I love when people stick to their guns and like, this is what I do and I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So um, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. <laughs> but yeah i think tech nine is an example of like someone who's stuck with the a very similar sound and obviously he's doing things but he's got such a niche following of like he's got his fans that love his sound the strange music fans and Mm -hmm. but he's had very similar flows for years and years and years and his fans just love the same flows like you know it's tech nine as soon as he comes on the track but for me personally i'm like i love I loved you, but then it becomes samey. And that is the challenge right. of any artist of like, how long can you sustain the one sound? And if you can do it your whole career, then props to you. But personally, I'm like, all right, I've heard this song before in a different, slightly different variation. So I need to me, to that's to me, that's 50 cent versus Drake. 50 cent had like, kind of like a method of doing melodic hooks. He had, he basically had a, a melodic style. And um, after a while, in terms of pop music, like popular music on the radio, the the public had had enough. So you thought that that was going to happen with Drake, too, because he had kind of like a melodic style, like. <laughs> but he he still has is kind of the same Drake, but he's always updated his style. And like when you hear something new, you'd be like, damn, that's a weird melody. I wouldn't have thought of that. Damn, Drake, you're fucking updating your shit. You know, and um, that's why Drake, Drake has been popular for 15 at least years. And 50 Cent really had more. I'm not I'm not saying 50 Cent's not still popular or good or whatever, but his his like hot, hot run was short lived. And it's because of what you said. He was kind of a one note kind of guy. You know what I mean? Well, I've always thought he always knew how to make songs like he's his skill set was not being in the best lyrical rappers but being in a someone who knew how to make a catchy hook knew how to have songs that pop off and do well and i think you're right i mean his best music his best album was get rich or die trying and then the massacre and then after that it seemed to like kind of decline he but i think he is a person was more focused on being successful and making money than necessarily music and, and I mean, I think he said he it, he's get that. rich or die trying. Yeah, know? literally. But then he, you know, he made a lot of money with vitamin water and now he's making, you know, his TV shows, power and movies and stuff like that. So I think that's, that's kind of the difference. Whereas Drake hasn't ventured into that realm. Like 
50 Cent very much has evolved like into, he used to be only a rapper and now he's like rapper, entrepreneur, like doing all these things. And now it's more like, hey, this is Curtis Jackson as opposed to just right. 50 Cent. Um, and I think he saw right. that. So, in so, so, so in, that, in that way, in that way, you would argue that Drake is a little bit more of a, a musical artiste. Like he's a little bit, he's a little bit more in that, in that zone. Like, yeah, I would say they're in completely different realms right now. Like right. 50 Cent is is an artist in a different way, but he's always been adapting and he's always seen, you know, he came out with, you know, his own headphones to to compete with Dre and he's done all this stuff throughout his career of like, you know, trying to make money in different avenues and trying to be successful in different ways. Um, whereas it doesn't feel like that's Drake. Drake is genuinely just looking to be, a musician and being an artist his his whole career he'll come maybe out yeah not, he'll come out with an album yeah instead of a, instead of another instead of another business venture which i'm sure he has business ventures too but he comes out with albums and they're they're usually relatively cutting edge you know but i think it gets tiring like i'm i look at you and your career and i'm like how do you sustain it and how do you not get tired of the process and it's stressful and you know there's a part of it that you love and then there there must be the part of like so much admin that you have to do and then the organization of getting music videos and the organization of getting, you know, the production and the sound right and all these things. And I'm like, it, it it's genuinely impressing, impressive to see how long you can sustain a music career and how you don't burn out. I mean, for me personally, it's, it, 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 I wish I had more, you know, I'm, I'm really independent. Like I don't have a manager. I don't have, anybody that helps me with my social media all the things that i'm saying also you could be like well you should get one well you should get one because because like i i could i could use some help man i could use some help i used to have i used to have more help than i have now i do have some people i got my boy that helps me with my email list and i got my booking agent and some and some other people that help me make the music itself but yeah it's it's a lot but i i gotta say after all these years i still just really like doing it man i just really enjoy there's a couple aspects of it I like. I like when you think of a lyric that you think nobody's ever thought of before, when you when you get a melody or something that just like really makes you feel good, um, <clears throat> or when when you're you're finished with a song and you're like, oh, that's nice. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> of course, there's of course then there's like sometimes you'll be really excited about a song and then you put it out and nobody seems to really care about it too much. You know, which which can be like a little bit of a down thing, or you spend a shitload of time and money which for me is like money out of my own pocket on say a music video and it kind of doesn't get get much traction you know what i'm saying but for me uh even in that case i'm still i'm still glad that i spent the money and did the video like i'd rather i'd rather have done the art than like done whatever probably responsible thing that i could have done with the money you know what i mean but it is a lot it it is a lot it's easy it's easy to burn out and you can see why people do you know but arguably it is responsible because you're, I mean, this is the way you make a career. This is the way you make money. So like you investing time and, and money, sometimes it pops off, sometimes it doesn't. I think everyone's gone through that, but you willing to take that risk is kind of what got you to the place you're in right now. So if you all of a sudden are like super protective of the things that you have, then you're not going to be able to sustain it because it just slowly eats away. Mm, that's true that's true i like the i like that 
in that way it's like fishing you like or playing baseball like you know the the top baseball players bat 300 which means 70 percent of the time they they get out they're out you know what i mean and fishermen i'm i don't know the fucking percentage but <laughs> you cast you don't get anything you cast you don't get anything maybe you got really expensive bait you cast you don't get anything that's me make, spending fucking money on a music video that nobody gives a shit about which happens to be a lot but uh but i've also spent like no money on a music video that kind of blows up or whatever and then you th- and then you ask yourself like so what if it blows up or if it doesn't blow up it's still you still something cool that you did you know what i mean and yeah. um and, and and yeah you just have to the the tough thing is like i said before there's a balance between making making art and having fun and being responsible and wanting to buy a house you know and uh that's that's the that's what i'm trying to do and that's the part of it that makes the whole thing stressful the part of it that's like am i doing enough i constant that's all i think about is am i doing enough could i what could i be doing and social media doesn't always help because You'll see somebody else doing something. You'll be like, oh, I should be doing that. You'll see somebody else doing something. Oh, I should be doing that, you know? But in reality, like, you don't have to do any of that shit. You know what I mean? And everybody has does it a different way. But, um, you know, I just, I, and I think that it's all, it, it, it wouldn't change. Like, if you have 100 followers, 100,000 followers, or 100 million followers, I think that you're going to think that something's wrong or, or whatever. Actually, honestly, if I had a hundred million followers, I, th- I think I'd be okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, it, it's true that there's more, it's more money, more problems. That's the fucking truth. I was walking with my girl the other day. I live in here in San Diego and we were walking on sunset cliffs and there's all, this is where rich people live in mansions and you overlook the Pacific ocean. And like, I was looking at this house. I was like, so now I got to find a gardener. Now I got to find a guy to take care of the pool. Now I got to find somebody to clean the rooms. I got to buy a, fu- there's probably eight bedrooms in a house. I got to buy eight fucking beds. I got to find, buy furniture to fit all those rooms. Now every, all the walls got to have some kind of painting on. Like, it's like, who even wants a mansion? It's fucking more responsibility than it's worth. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's uh truly mo money, mo problems. Yeah, I agree. You got, and you got, I mean, it's, it's more problems <laughs> that I would happily take. Um, so if anyone wants to continue giving me more money, uh, I will happily take on more problems to, <laughs> to have that money. But I think, I think you're <clears throat> definitely right of like, you know, the attainment of the goals that you want to achieve. And this is like, you know, taking your example to the, like the next level of like, no matter what you achieve, you also get added responsibility. And there's something scary about like, you know, right now, if you have, you know, 10,000 followers versus a hundred million followers, the responsibility that you feel of like, Oh shit, I got to keep making content because I have a hundred million people who watch my stuff and they want to see my stuff. And all of a sudden it's a lot of pressure. Whereas like before that you can kind of create without pressure because you're just doing your own thing. And then you're like, Oh shit, if I didn't get this many views from my hundred million, then oh, it went down, it goes up. And then all of a sudden you're, you're focused on, different things you're really just focused on outcomes rather than the creative creativity whereas probably before you were focused on the creativity yeah yeah i've been through that i've been through that whole thing you know when i had a uh, i had a i was signed to a record label deal uh many years ago and i, I experienced that i experienced like you know 
what they want you to make is hit songs. And if you keep giving them songs and they say, this isn't a hit, this isn't a hit, this isn't a hit. After a while, you kind of like throw, you know, throw up the proverbial office supply uh, pile <laughs> and go, well, what do you want me to, what do you want from me? You know what I mean? And uh, was, then was you, that with then Def you, Jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could be with anybody, you know, there's, there's hundreds of thousands, may not hundreds of thousands, but there's thousands of artists who've experienced kind of the same thing, you know, where it's like you get signed because you are considered good at doing a thing. But then once you're pressured to do the thing in a certain way, maybe you kind of fall apart, you know what I mean? Which I did. I also had my own, I also had my own issues, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that thing you're talking about where you, you get um, basically into like a coma of over analysis where you don't trust your own instincts anymore, because as far as you can tell, they've been wrong in the past or like take that example. When you had a hundred million followers, every single person that's that famous, every time they put out something, if you have a hundred million followers, a million people are going to tell you how bad it sucks. A million people. So you have to have a really thick skin too, which is difficult for a lot of artists because they're kind of sensitive people to begin with, you know? So if there's this outpouring of people telling you, you suck, which in the internet age is worse because they can actually say it to you in a men- in a way that you could see it, it's got to be pretty difficult. It's almost easier to live in your own little niche where people either know you and like you or don't really give a shit about you anyway. You know what I mean? A lot of artists talk about that. I heard Louis C.K. talk about when he first became famous. You know, he had this crazy brand of like raunchy comedy and there, and like everybody that came to his shows loved it. But then he there was something that happened that made it so everybody knows who he is and like who's this who's this and then the it's not for the masses you know what i mean but um yeah i'm kind of going off on a tangent here but the point is that uh there there is a lot of pressure when there's more more and more people watching you i would imagine you know well i think you're definitely right i think louis ck and comedians in general have like a really weird kind of time with it because like they have out of context three minute videos out of a hour long special that has context and it's taken out of con and it's just like that one snippet is offensive and it's like I guess but also like it wasn't supposed to be filmed like it wasn't in, in like you kind of have to see it mm-hmm. all to kind of understand what the journey is and kind of it's also just, you know, people on stage talking. Like, they, yeah. it's all jokes. Like, that is the deal with comedians. Comedians are not there saying, hey, this is a lecture on how to live life. They're saying, hello, I'm supposed to make you feel like you laugh and some of these jokes you may not like because they stretch the boundaries of, like, social norms, but, like, ultimately the purpose of this is trying to get you to laugh. I have no problem with people being annoyed at comedians if they're not funny versus like, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just think that if a comedian is genuinely going for a joke, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's kind of the, the lay of the land, but it's actually, and and it's just like every, just like uh, the percentage I was saying before, because I've done stand up comedy and I've studied it and I I'm friends with a lot of comedians that 30 percentile. I was saying like the best, the best batters in baseball, they hit, they hit the, they get on base 30% of the time in comedy. Like every joke that you write, every premise, the idea that you have, 
every idea you might have by the time you get to your hour-long special or whatever that's only fucking two percent of the shit you initially thought of at least for most comedians but maybe once you're once you're once you're you've been doing it for 20 years you kind of weed out the bullshit way way faster you know but yeah you have you have to try stuff people are improvising sometimes on stage just saying stuff in the moment that's why it's like it's funny to me when people pull out these little clips from somebody like Howard Stern or Joe Rogan or somebody. It's like, yo, these dudes talk, just talk for like six hours straight. You Like if you did that, there wouldn't be one little thing that you said that'd be a little fucked up. You know what I mean? And like, and also like, you've never said something you regretted before. You've never said something that maybe a little lady be like, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Everybody, everybody acts like they're perfect and infallible, but that's just how it is. We want the people that are at the top. They want to take them down. You know what I mean? But well, I don't know. We how also make we also make fucking we also make mountains out of molehills here. You know what I'm saying? There's all these like there's more important shit that people should be mad about than the things that people are mad about half the time concerning people they don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Yeah. What do you care? What do you give a fuck what Joe Rogan says anyway? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is Joe Rogan have a why is why is Joe Rogan's opinion? in the political discourse at all he's just some dude you know what i'm saying like no no problem with him i'm not for or against him i'm just saying he's the he's the good example of somebody who's just like a guy that fucking talks you know what i'm saying like why do we give a shit so much he's probably just as confused about it as i am he says it constantly and i remember i've seen so many clips of him going i don't know why anyone gets annoyed at me i'm just a dumb comedian UFC fight commentator and if you get offended that my dumb brain doesn't doesn't really know everything well that's on you because I don't claim to know everything and I would never and that's why I interview the people that I interview because they're experts in their field and like and I think that's what made Joe so successful was like he has always portrayed the lay person like the, the right. every, he's just like every person he's the guy who's like wait, what does that mean? Wait, I don't really understand that. Can you explain that again? Or like, mm. he, that's honestly, when I listen to the way he interviews people, I'm actually like, oh, he's not scared of putting himself out there and be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That made right. no sense. And he's like capable of doing that. And so there's like this, this weird kind of enjoyment that I think people get because he's not building himself up to be this great kind of genius he's if anything trying to build himself down so that he's just on the learning journey constantly right right yeah yeah, yeah. that's it's, why but it's like that's if people probably listen why, to us that's probably why he does so well that's probably why he does so well and as far as him maybe saying some things that people don't agree with you don't got a friend like that you know what I'm saying? You don't got friends that you'd be like, yo, you think that? And you're still their friend. You know what I mean? I've had friends say fucked up shit, you know? I probably said fucked up shit. But um, everyone has said fucked up shit. The difference yeah. is it just hasn't been recorded. I have a song, I have a song <laughs> on my upcoming album called Shit I Used to Do, where it's it's like shit I used to do and things I used to say. And the first verse is about like being old and there's physical things I can't do anymore. Actually, the third verse is about that. Uh, but the second verse is about like things that I used to say in my rap songs that I like listen to my old lyrics. And I'm like, I can't believe I would say I would never say that now. You know what I mean? Homophobic shit, misogynistic shit. And I'm just addressing that I would never say it now. And uh, the point is, 
I don't, you know, in politics, people aren't allowed to flip flop or people aren't allowed to be like, I'm sorry I said that. I changed my mind. I have a different opinion now. You know, I've never understood that. Why aren't we allowed to change our minds? So, yeah, I find it weird where it's like, you know, politicians, they're like, I believe this. And then they're like, what about this video 10 years ago where you said you believed something else? And it's like, yeah, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, am I not but supposed not, to But some of, some, some of them really are just like, they believe whatever <laughs> the polls tell them they're supposed to believe. You yeah. Know? But I think as people, like, we should be able to change our minds. Like, that is the whole point. Like, oh, I was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I say, I've said things and believe things that, that were wrong. I probably still do. And I will change my mind constantly and if someone can present an argument or present it to me in a way that enlightens me. Like, I genuinely think that as soon as you start saying, no, nah, I'm right, stop listening, I'm always right, well, then that, if anything, proves that ultimately you're wrong. But for some reason, we, for some reason, the public likes those people. They like these strong, these like, these like, that's why Donald Trump got elected here. They people like think people that have present this all knowing thing. You know, they're like because they think they they like want to believe that they're true because we don't we all know that we don't know shit. So we want to believe that there's some leader that will lead us to the places that leaders lead us to. <laughs> lead me, leader, lead us to salvation because we don't know anything. We're sinners that don't know shit. So the one that when we see someone that's like, I know all the answers, that's why we vote for them. You know what I mean? When in reality, they don't know shit either. But there's some people that are insane enough, Donald Trump, to believe that they do. Most religious leaders, you know? Well, I personally think if you're insane enough to believe that you can lead a country, you're kind of insane. What kind of egomaniac needs that kind of shit? Like the amount, like... At that level, especially the way it's all run now, it's all like backstabbing and kind of you making deals with people. Like if you said to me, Aaron, do you want to run a country? Fuck no, I don't want to no. run a country. That shit looks fucking awful and I don't need those problems in my life. But that to me is a sign that I am better mentally. I'm in, in a better place emotionally to be like, I don't need that power and I don't need that kind of responsibility to make me feel fulfilled because that is ultimately what most people think is like, fuck that job. Why would I yeah. ever want to do that? That sounds absolutely awful. The people that the people that should be doing it are people that like work for volunteer agencies, feeding the hungry and shit like that. They're the people who should be doing it, but they're yeah. just like you that they, they wouldn't want to do that. It's, it's a crazy amount of responsibility that sounds like hell. And always in the public eye and they're just like, I just want to give my impact in a different way. I want to be able to do it my way. And like the the challenge with politics is like you become a cog in the machine. I think the system breaks people. Like I think almost, I would say this is my idealistic self coming out. I would say I would hope that most politicians get into politics wanting to change the world for a better place. But the system in its in in of in of, oh, I can't even speak. In the and system, of itself. In and of itself. The system in and of itself breaks them in the sense of right. like you have these career politicians and you're young and they kind of force you to play by their rules. And then all of a sudden you're a career politician and you've been playing by certain rules and you all of a sudden become a person of the system. Right. Yeah, 
I agree. In and of in and of itself. In and of itself. In and of itself. In and of itself. In and of it. In and in and in and of it. In and of it. In and of it. That sounds very British. In and of it. In and of it. Um, in and of it. I think I think we found some lyrics. I didn't know why that word really stuffed me up today. I've been able to say it before, and then you said it, and I was like, straight away, one of those days. In and of itself. In, in and of itself. itself. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot of ends, and then, 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 you know. I think yeah, I lost myself in in the middle of saying it, but um, you have an album coming up. Like, when is that album due to drop? Uh, September probably. It's called the album's called Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, it's already finished. It's mixed and mastered as of couple a couple days ago. But it's very not. It's not a summery album, so we don't want to put it out for the summer. It's just not you know like some music is like yeah summertime jam. <laughs> This album is not is not the summertime jam. It's more like a fall, winter kind of project, and um, it's all produced by my friend Kush Modi, and um, it's eleven songs, and it's in very introspective, um, and it's got like kind of a vintage sound, and it's it's cool, man. I, I like it. It's different. Well, I'm looking forward to to seeing the drop because. Uh... It's, I think it's been a little while since your last album. Yeah, my last album was 2019. It's too god damn. But if to my in my defense, I uh I have dropped a pretty good amount of singles since the last like last year I dropped a bunch of singles. I probably dropped an album worth of singles since my last album, if you just put them all in the same playlist. So uh I'm not that lazy. You know what I mean? I've I've been working. No, been working. You're you're active. You're active. I think yeah, I think like like we said, putting an album together is a different type of work. Like it, it requires- this one. This one was tough. This one was. This one was. A, uh, this one was um, a challenging one to put together. Like, there's a there's a good amount of songs that are like on the cutting room floor that just like uh, didn't work out, and um, it was it was it was it was work. It was work for sure. But I'm but I'm happy with the way it came out. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it because, uh, yeah, I think I think the, the an album is like a chronicle of your journey as an artist in a weird way. It's like it says more about you than than singles and singles. Look, I'm just glad you're active, man. That's ultimately uh, what we like to see. And I think you know, in a single era world, um, albums uh, are underrated, but I think there's still a huge place for albums like the the journey of of an hour or a journey of 40 minutes or so is like kind of a really cool experience that that is a little bit underrated at the moment. That's a good point, man. And if you listen, I have a bunch of albums I've put out previously. And if you were to listen to them, you would definitely get at least, uh, you know, like every, every like two or three years, I just go listen to like all my shit that I've ever done. You know what I mean? And uh, if you do that, I mean, it's, it's different because I actually know myself fucking better than anybody knows me you know what i'm saying so when i listen to it i'm like oh yeah that's how i was feeling at that time oh yeah it it really does reflect how i was doing at the time you know and you're and, and a single does it a single does it do you marvel at kind of the things you've gone through when you listen back to your own music i find marvel like, what do you mean by what do you mean by marvel as in do you like enjoy it do you look back and go like it was pretty amazing that this is all the things that 
that we went through or that I went through? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if I think it's amazing. Just kind of like, oh, that's what that's that's true. That's true. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> More just true than amazing. Just it must remind you of things though, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It puts me just like Anton to bring it back. It's just like Anton Ego and Ratatouille transporting his childhood when he took a bite of the ratatouille. Like when I hear certain songs that I made, there's a kind of a few things that'll happen. One thing is it'll take me back to like I remember I remember thinking of lyrics or the general idea of the song, like the actual construction of the song itself. And then I also remember events that occurred that led to the led to the being inspired to write that song in the first place. I might remember like the studio, like I've, I've had a lot of different like houses and apartments and studios over the years. Like I, like I've really moved a lot, you know, since I've been doing this professionally, it'll take me back to those places. It'll take me back to people that I was with at the time, girlfriends that inspired that breakup song or whatever, you know? Uh, so yeah, it does really take you back. And I guess you do marvel at it in a way because it, it can definitely bring up, uh, you remember what emotions you felt at the time. You remember what you cared about and what kind of things you considered important at the time that maybe you don't consider important at all now, you know, or how heartbroken you were at a time. And now years later, you're like, I don't care about that at all. You know, I have a song, my new album has a song about that too, about how when you're heartbroken, say you went through a bad breakup, how it just seems like the worst thing ever and it'll never go away or whatever. And then it seems like a couple of years later, it's just like, you're just like, oh, fuck. I really, really, really don't care about that anymore. You know, you know, time does heal everything, I guess, that concept. But yeah, listening to your old stuff can bring bring up a lot of emotions. Or So so yeah, I guess you do marvel at it. Well, I can tell you I haven't listened to my very first episode since it dropped. So. I used to do a podcast. I used to do a podcast and I would never have listened to my podcast. <laughs> I had I had friends I had friends that would be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I gotta listen to that. I've I haven't listened to that yet. I'd be like, You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually it's weird because like I want strangers to listen to it. I don't want my friends and family to listen to exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. it's like a it's like a different version of me. Um, and they're too close and I don't, I like when I get feedback from my friends and like my family and they're like, that was really good. I'm, I feel weird about it. Like, I don't believe them in a way. It's like, okay. Like you, you think they're told just me. being nice. Yeah. I don't know. But like, sometimes like I had a friend of mine recently just message me out of the blue and be like, Hey, I listened to this, this podcast. Like I thought it was really good. And I was just like, like I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. But also I'm like, uh, like it's made me feel strange in Felt a like weird they way. Saw, they saw you naked or something. Yeah, and it was a, it was a podcast that I personally didn't like of myself. Like I just think it wasn't my best performance. And it's interesting that like that's just my inner critic talking versus someone who listens to it objectively and is like that's good. And and yeah, I find it you never really know what songs like you were saying. There's songs that you invest time and money in, and you think will do well, and then others that you d don't think will do well. And it's kind of just whatever it means to the people who listen to it. Yeah, and it's it and it, it's kind of for you. Like I, if you go back and listen to your own music, 
you might hear something that you're like, why is this? You'd be like, why is this uh, so not popular? This one's really good, <laughs> you know? And then maybe it is, maybe it is. And just everybody doesn't know shit or they just never heard it, you know? I'm curious, what what would make it so you think you have a bad performance in terms of your podcast? You said that the, the guy that listened to it heard an episode that you didn't like. What? Yeah. Why didn't you like it? Um, I didn't like it because there's a natural flow that I can tend to find with certain guests. And I think we have it. It's very conversational. Like there's no effort here. Like I'm not like, oh shit, what do I have to, what's my next question? Right. Yeah. Like, we barely I, talked about, we barely talked about me. Yeah. And to be <laughs> honest, that's kind of like the joy of this is that like you can always come back and we can just naturally talk and do more episodes because we're just going to find cool shit to talk about. Cause we just have opinions on stuff, but I've definitely found episodes where like the guest is cagey and I struggle in those. Cause I'm like, come I like I keep searching for like little pockets that we can go into. And, and the episode that she mentioned was just not that, like I personally didn't enjoy recording it that much. Um, and I didn't enjoy the, the release of it that much. Um, but ultimately it's like, Hey, if you like it, you like it. I'm never gonna gonna smack that, but it's like for me personally, as a critic, as someone who wants to get better, as someone who wants to continue to develop, I definitely have episodes where I'm like, yeah, I could have done better there, or that wasn't a smooth episode. We need to kind of iron iron that shit out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that that the comparison to songs in that case would be like, I, I mean, I've I have songs that I've done in the past that I hate that are like popular. Like the opposite of what I was saying. Sometimes other people be like, yo, that shit's so good in your head. And you're like, really? That shit was whack. You know what I mean? And um, maybe something in that podcast that you found uh, to be not smooth or not flowy, that person found to be intriguing. Or maybe there's some, there there's, could be some quote or, or a couple sentences that they found helpful in their own life, in their own journey that you didn't even notice that way. Cause all you heard was like, you stuttered when you said in and, in and out of it or whatever, what was the thing? In and of itself. Yeah. In and of itself. Yeah. You're worried about your stuttering and they're like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. You know? Yeah. There's definitely that aspect. I think I'm, I'm very close to it. Obviously, you know, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to re-listen to this in the editing process and make sure that like it, it does sound good and make sure that there's, you know, we can't hear the singer in the background, uh, in the room over that kind of stuff. Like, make yeah, sure. if, you, if you hear me crunching on these combos, uh, you can feel free to, to edit that out while you're talking <laughs> Eating these classic pizzeria pretzel combos. I'm not sponsored by them. I've just loved these since I was a little kid. Not sponsored yet. Not sponsored yet. Exactly. Yeah. Shout so out combos. to my, I got a, I got a show called snacks with wax, by the way, if you've never seen it. I got a food review show where I review snacks. I've done several, several, several episodes for anybody out there that's never heard of me before. Well, there you go. I love food reviews. Uh, me and my friends once did a food review of like CC's versus Doritos, like years and years and years ago. We just filmed this like five minutes. I actually don't. I actually shit. don't know CC's. Oh, really? International international snacks vary from country to country. Doritos everywhere. Yeah. You well, these? Yeah, dude. No, we don't have combos. Mm. So you've no, nobody ever there's ever combined the delicious taste of a pretzel with pizzeria cheese. 
<laughs> no, we have shapes. See how it's like, a, see how it's like a, in the middle there? Oh, oh, that looks so good. The crunch is getting me. I've been eating these since I was like a little kid. <laughs> well, we did say before we started for anyone who uh, is wondering about the crunching, I did say I'm a fan with Danny DeVito crunches on shows because he just mm. eats in a certain way. So it kind of opened the door for like, hey, he's just going to snack. And I think um, who else was eating on when I interviewed them? Mickey Facts I interviewed and he was crunching Mickey on snacks. Mickey Snacks. <laughs> Mickey um, Snacks. So he was crunching on pretzels as well. Uh, on the show so that was wait wait was wait rotated. wait. what kind of pretzels combos no thin kind of like just like very i don't um, know the brand but it was just like sounds boring <laughs> well man i was like they don't have a delicious cheesy center oh this oh shit this one you found i found a hollow one see it <laughs> no no you don't, you don't really want to uh see it. you don't can want i just that. say can i just say of course at the very moment you said delicious cheesy center, it was the one that was hollow. That's what we yeah. call good timing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm obsessed with these things. Well, well, man, I only have one more question for you before we wrap up. Um, sure. And it is the, the hardest question that I have on the show. It's the only question that I plan on the show. Uh, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, to get an appreciation of cannot be your own music. It can be any genre of music. What would it be? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's tough because like, who knows? Maybe they should listen to fucking Beethoven or something. I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead with, uh, the first far side album bizarre ride to the far side because that when i was a kid and that came out that was a that's probably the most influential album on me as a kid because it was like this rap group and they just sound like they're having so much fun and the music is really funky it's really funny but at times it's dense and serious but uh it just it's just a it just sounds like lightning in a bottle it sounds like they couldn't do it again because they just there was just a time and a place and and a, and a bunch of people that got together and had a bunch of fun, and um, I think with certain albums that happens and then, I mean that, their second album was great too, but, uh, yeah, it just it was it was just lightning in a bottle that album. There you go. I love that answer. Lightning in the bottle. Make sure you check it out. Um, but obviously make sure you check out wax uh the one and only wax the the one and only the hip-hop hustle podcast one and only wax um make sure you check him out he's on on spotify itunes youtube i highly recommend he's got some amazing youtube videos as well Thanks, um you've man. also got uh, a, a track that came out a while ago that i'm a real fan of as well and just an, a really nice flow on there it's uh i ain't a real man so uh, hi, that's one for to check out as well. Um, but also, no tomorrow. The single with mime came out as well oh, yeah. uh, yep. recently, so can check that out. But project in September is coming soon. Stay tuned. It's going to be a full project. It's ready to go. I'm excited by it. Um, but man, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out? Uh, at Big Wax B I G W A X. That's my Instagram. Uh, I think my 
Facebook is like facebook.com slash wax.com, W-A-X-D-O-T-C-O-M. And my website is wax.com.com, W-A-X-D-O-T-C-O-M dot C-O-M. There it is. You can't mix. You can't miss wax, um, man. As I said, absolute pleasure. This was a lot of fun, and we're definitely going to have to do this again. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.